Hello, friends, and welcome to the 16th edition of the Fantasy 15 here on Sound of the Loons. We're back to kick off a new season of MLS Fantasy Action, and today we may go a little longer than 15 minutes. So this could be like a double episode. It's like a it's like a special, you know, when they have specials on TV. It's like the last episode of the season. It's like a, it's like a double or something like that. So, uh, so we'll talk a bit about what happened in the spring season, a bunch about what we think is going to happen in the fall season. Also, again, what we think is going to happen this week uh, as MLS Fantasy returns. My name is Steve McPherson, and I am joined by Jamie Watson, who is fresh, ready to start a brand new season and try to figure out where it all went wrong for him. Well, now is the time when <laughs> optimism is at all-time high. It's brimming. Pep- pessimism <laughs> is also at an all-time high for what was the spring season, but that's neither here nor there. Actually, it is here because we are going to talk about that first and foremost. Yeah, but well, let's talk about your thoughts on the spring season. Yeah, before we turn the page to the fall, let's let's recap the spring season. I, uh, you know, first of all, I've enjoyed this immensely with you, Steve. It's been super fun. This has been a lot of fun. I've genuinely looked forward to coming into the office on Monday mornings. Actually, that's a lie. I don't do that. I uh, mean, no one looks forward to coming to the office, but it makes it hurt a little less. This makes it, this softens the blow, if you will, to be able to come in <laughs> to talk about the fantasy season, the fantasy week that was, you know, how it's been progressing, what's what your next move is, yeah. how you're looking forward to it. Then you added in double game weeks. Everything was exciting. It was fresh. It was fun. Oh, we and, should also say right now you can join our league now. It starts all over again. Exactly. I think we had a couple new people come in the last week. So if you go, the easiest way to, to get to it, honestly, is go on your MNUFC app on your phone and you can, if you click on fantasy under there, it'll take you right to, uh, you know, the league. So, which is awesome. And, and we've enjoyed, I know you and I see, we've talked about this, the amount of people that have stopped us and said, Hey, we are, uh, we're part of the league. We're having a great time. Yeah. Check out my lineup. I, I remember being in Atlanta and I was actually on the sidelines where I stand on the sideline is literally feet from where people enjoy the, the suites on the sideline. And, um, a couple of Minnesota United fans called me over like, Hey, come over here. Quick question for you. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah, what, what's about the game is it about the starting lineups. Like, what is it? You know, and we're moments from kickoff and I'm getting the, Look at my hey, fantasy. What line. do you what do you think I should do right now with the fantasy lineup here? And I love it. Their first mistake is asking you. Yeah, but. I was like, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you advice and I want you to do the exact opposite. So okay, so you ended up in 46th place. In oh, is that league. it? Yeah, with uh, oh, one great season for me. points. You did win our last week. You beat me the last week of the season. You're only so. as good as your last game. Congratulations. Um, more impressively, in the fantasy insider invitational head-to-head league that we were both in, you had uh, two wins and 13 losses. Yeah, that was so a tough one. Uh, that was a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. How did I rough. end? You, I think I ended with a win. As I said, you're only as good as your last game. Doesn't matter if you're two and there 13. You go. I think you. T- I'm on I a think, winning streak. I think your record tied with Andrew uh, with. Uh, 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 Weeby, who doesn't even look at his lineup. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit disheartening. <laughs> I found that I had this remarkable ability of playing against everybody who had a stellar week. Yeah. If you played against me, it was like you're licking your chops, ready to get a record high playing against me. Yeah. It was just given every week. Yeah, I started out with the opposite of that where and I— And you finished where? Uh, I think I was eighth. Um, I was in with a pack of people who were like, you know, eight, oh, and seven. Yeah. Sort mid, of, there was mid-tier, a bunch of win one, so. lose one, win yeah, two, lose. Yeah, it could have been yeah. like if I gotten a little bit, if I had, had a, done a little bit better on points, I could have been up to like the top, you know, quarter of the league or something like that. But yeah, I started off the season with a lot of like low point wins, 
which meant that I was sort of high up, but with very little goal difference. Well, essentially the equivalent. You were winning the close ones. So, you were yeah. grinding out victories. Yeah, but I was like, for a while, I was like, everybody below me had a higher score than I did, but I had more wins because I just got the, the good matchups. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the head-to-head league again in, in the fall. I think that the, the fall is sort of an interesting season because, you know, you have some people fall off. They just never pick it up again. Um, but the competition at the top of the leagues, I think, stays pretty intense. So, um, I was really happy. I, um, so last season, the thing that got me, I mean, last year, the thing that got me into MLS fantasy is I won sort of the office fantasy league. You did do that last season. And the toughest competition was always Mr. Michael Gilbert. And well, I that's am frustrating. Cause I'm right here. I mean, I am, I, that's really sad. I thought I was your toughest competition. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, I'm happy to say I eked out another office win. Like if you look at a league, just to the people who are in, if, if this were just a league pool again, uh, I, I, I beat Michael by four points. Another close one. Woo! I had 15, 20 overall. Uh, and I was in 17th place out of 166 teams. Gilbert had 15, 16. So he just, just four points, just a great competition. Uh, always a worthy competitor. Such um, a smart guy. Yeah. He's easily, he's, he's just like, he's he, in he our, knows, he knows what he's doing. Accounting department. So numbers and analytics, he is just a wizard with. Yeah. So he's, he's getting the best value for his dollar week in, yeah, week out. You can guarantee that. Yeah, exactly. And I just, you know, it's like, I sort of knew at some point I wasn't going to win that the league and I wanted to win that matchup. That least. was, that came so, down to, um, Tom Erdahl. Yep. I think he ended up coming in third. Yeah. Uh, was it draft kicks at one R's? I think that's right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, that was a, that was a down to the wire, um, I think a Pozuelo decision from our boy Tom Erdahl <laughs> yeah. didn't pay off in the last week. And, um, I think that was, uh, I think that was the difference that yeah. he was playing a little catch up. He, he found himself in a, in a Jamie esque spot playing from behind, going for the hail Mary. And it, uh, didn't come down with yeah. a heroic storybook ending. I, I made a couple <clears throat> bad choices that last week I was, I had tied air in and then I didn't keep him. I switched out for, uh, Evan Bush and who only had two points. And then I tied like, air well, had, he, yeah, tied air had like 18 or something. And I was like, well, let me, I'll switch out. I had Evan Bush. He only had two points. I was like, this isn't great. I'll put in Stuver. He had three. You, so, and you did a great, <laughs> a fantastic Drake meme to yes, it. Yes. Yes. Give me the, not the two points. Give me the three points. Yeah, that was a brilliant one. And where All can those, people see that on your Twitter? Uh, yes. That's Steve Entris. Uh, follow me for, I guess I talk about fantasy sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, you can follow Steve for, for that. And then you could just follow at Jamie Watson 77 for a retweet of something funny. Steve sure. Says. Yes. <laughs> He's like, curating, that's how it goes. Curating my feed. Let's, uh, let's talk about the fall season a little bit. Uh, it's interesting because at the start of the spring season, we really know very little, you know, the teams have played preseason games. Uh, a lot of how players are valued is sort of speculative. And then it takes the algorithm weeks to catch up to sort of figuring out who is and who isn't good. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about, I think on the sound of the loons, we talk a lot about how, you know, you don't really know teams aren't really who they are until a third of the way through the season, sure. but that's already, you know, over double digit games played. You've already been in fantasy for, for, for 10, 11, 12, you're either weeks, building you know? up your bank account. You're either yeah. playing from behind already. And so you don't really know who they are. And you're like, who would have predicted that, you know, Joseph Martinez would have been basically not worth anything the first month, two, you know, month and a half. Of Crazy. Season. Everybody it's on like, Atlanta. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Basically. And then, and then the defenders reel off five shutouts in a row. Yeah. The Atlanta's real strength was defense through a lot of the spring season. So. Miles Robinson. Yeah. Biggest omission Miles of the Robinson all-star great. voting. I think personally, yeah. 
He's been a fantasy stud for you as well. Brad Guzan has been a great option at keeper. Goalkeepers uh, with shutouts normally are, Steve. Yeah, so the um, the fall season, this is a great chance to sort of reset the values. We know a little bit more about where teams are and where they're headed. Uh, I went and I was looking at MLS Fantasy Boss, which is a fantastic site. Uh, I believe it's MLSFantasyBoss.com. Yes, um, just to sort of look at, uh, there's a great behind-the-numbers wrap-up of, of some players heading into the spring season who might be undervalued. Uh, who's maybe a little overvalued, who might be due for a breakout. So I want to talk about uh, some of that stuff. I think that um, in terms of teams, we're at a sort of interesting point. We've talked about this before on the show where some teams that were not doing well are sort of coming into their own a little bit. The San Jose earthquakes, you know, the rapids have looked better. Um, some teams that were good have fallen off a little bit. I'm really interested in Portland uh, down the rest of this season because they have 17 of the remaining 22 games at home. Nuts. That's, That's insane. Crazy. Including a 10 game homestand from the second week of August until the end of September. Uh, and I expect they're going to make that playoff push. I know that's been Seattle's role in the Cascadia. <laughs> Cup this has area. every, every bit of the making of Portland, making a Seattle esque run yeah. through the second half of the season. So those guys, uh, Diego Valeri, I think is going to be big. I think Brian Fernandez, who looks really good is going to look even better. Um, playing a ton of home games, uh, as sort of the new star forward of that team. And uh, they're in a spot where they need to be winning games. So you got to be thinking it's attack minded. Yeah formations it's attack minded go out and get points at home like maximum points so you're looking at that i mean it's yeah it's everything that you could want from an attacking perspective mentality wise going into the game from a pure soccer perspective but then that transit as you were mentioning to fantasy value and fantasy production yeah are there any teams that you are looking at that you think they're going to be you know, second half teams. I mean, I think Atlanta's maybe one of those. Also, we obviously expect them to make a push in the Eastern Conference, but are there any other teams that you think, yeah, they're going to get right? Yeah, you know, I think obviously you're looking at Toronto sitting in seventh in the East right now. Um, Josie, if he can have a successful confidence building Gold Cup, get back in scoring goals with the U.S. men's national team. Then you start mm -hmm. going right. He now returns and you get that Pozuelo Josie combination that we saw yep. for a couple of weeks, which was as good as Almiron and Joseph Martinez was in 2018. Yeah, for sure. You start to replicate that again. That's obviously something we're all waiting to see. Um, I think if Jossie's artist could have a big Gold Cup. Up as well. If he could have some production there, then he comes back to Columbus. Columbus for me sitting in 10th in the East. That's probably one of the biggest disappointments, you know, 17 points through 16 games. Yeah. Um, but you know, they obviously are, are troubling at scoring goals. They've only got 16 goals for right now. So you got to think there are improvements to be made in that area. Sure. Keep in mind, there could be additions in the summer transfer window for those teams, but those are two teams in the East that I'm looking at. And then obviously in the West, I, you know, Houston dynamo, They've already played nine of their games at home and only four of them on the road. Yeah. So, so now that number, Portland. that number flip flops, right? Yeah. And you start to go, they're playing a lot of road games and yeah. they're, you know what I mean? If depending on how, how deep Honduras goes, they've got three players playing for Honduras, Elise Kyoto and Mena Figueroa, minor Figueroa. I mean, there's, yeah. there's three guys right there that fantasy wise, you like having Elise or Kyoto and, and whatnot, especially at home but you don't have either one now. And yeah. so I don't know, I'm a little, I'm a little bit concerned at how they're going to maintain that. Cause obviously they had a fantastic return rate, you know, 21 goals up there amongst the leaders, but yep. I don't know. I mean, it'd be yeah. interesting to see. And does Vela regain, maintain the form he's had that has dubbed him APV 
always play Vela. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Vela is one of those guys where his 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 price has been reset down, you know, to like twelve million after being up to fifteen. How about think, that? So. Reset down to twelve million. Yeah, reset just, down to still the highest guy. They just get they, but they gotta like they gotta equalize it out a little bit. So he's still one of the most expensive, but he could still go. He's one of those guys who, from that point, can go up in value. So yeah, Houston's an interesting question. They might be they might be a little bit of a paper tiger in that sense of, you know, playing so many games on the road. Um, their style of play really favors playing at home uh, on a sort of like sit back and then quick counterattack with those guys who are so fast. You also don't know necessarily who's going to be around. There's always that threat that Elise could be moved in a transfer window. Exactly. Um, you know, you, you just, you're just not, you know, and obviously you don't have to keep these guys week to week so you can react to that, but it is worth concerning because Houston, those guys, um, you know, Minotas and, uh, and Elise were terrific in, in the first half of this, or uh, then the spring season. So that could, that could change a little bit going forward. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that unfolds, and and we'll keep up with that certainly as well. But you know, I, I really start to to wonder. You also have to think the guys that switch positions, yeah, during the break. Yes, yeah, so you were bringing that up before we before we got on here to record. Now, obviously, a guy a guy like Nick DeLeon was always a must play at defender for the most part with Toronto because he was actually playing midfield and even advanced sometimes of that position. Yeah. So, but he was getting the shutout bonus points and he was getting more bonus points for goal scored. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now he switched to a midfielder, Shea Salinas, who's always kind of been a defender who just found himself getting forward a lot more in this new formation under Matias Almeida. Now he's listed as a midfielder. You start to look at some of these guys that, you know, you were looking at maybe, um, they were listed as one thing, but they really were playing another. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that's changed. That shifted. And even one, like, I was always hesitant, hesitant to play Espinosa with yep. San Jose Earthquakes because he was listed as a forward. Now he's a midfielder. Yeah. And he does get forward. He does have the end product. He does have goals and assists in him. So with that, yeah. Now maybe he's a bit more viable of an option in the midfield if you're going to be playing with a with you know more more midfielders yeah. more room to play with in the switcheroo. Yeah, and as you you also mentioned Hassani Dotson, who's who sort of come up and, and started to play a big role for Minnesota United, who was categorized as a midfielder because that's what he was drafted. And that's actually as. what he is by trade. Right, right. But now he's most of his games now have been as a right back or left back, and so he's categorized as a, as a defender. So he's one to watch out for. He could very easily shift. Yeah, I mean he could end up in a central midfield role certainly. He could also, I mean, even if he stays as a, as a, as a defender, even if he's playing right back or left back, he gets forward. He has a goal already. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I would say he's, he's probably third on the depth chart in center midfield for Minnesota United at yeah, the moment Yeah, behind Jan Gray Gush behind Ozzy Alonso. But if there's ever a formation that they want to go three center midfielders, keep in mind, do they add an outside back in the yeah. transfer window for Minnesota yeah. United? And if they do, well, then, then Hassani Dotson gets pushed there yeah. for more forward. He's playing that position out of need necessarily, but most people, if you didn't know who Hassani Dotson was two months ago before he started playing regularly, yeah. you think, oh, this kid's been a left back his entire right, career. Right. Which is so funny. That's how right. good of a soccer player he is. Yeah, no, Adrian was saying that basically that if they're going to the, the four three three, if they're going with three midfielders, he's made a strong case for him being that third midfielder. So that can certainly happen. You know, Ozzy is Ozzy is terrific and has been very durable to this point, but he's also getting older, you know. A lot of games, um, a lot so. of congestion, everything. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, but there will be those shifts in players. So make sure to keep in mind as you're looking for that. If you can't find them under defender or midfielder <laughs> category, right. maybe they have shifted now. That's one other thing to keep in mind for. Let's talk a little bit bit about value uh, early in this season. I know you're a huge fan of trying to build your, your, your salary up as you're going forward. And because the real thing is that you want to build that salary up so that as it comes down to the stretch run, you're not having to 
scrimp and save to get guys in down the stretch. Yes. So um, looking again, this is a lot of this is from MLS fantasy boss, but uh, a couple guys who are very valuable, who have been very valuable in the past in the spring season uh, forwards, guys to look out for Wando. Chris Wondolowski came on really strong. Uh, he's still relatively cheap versus his, his uh, output. Uh, a bear, uh, for NYCFC was great. I played him a lot, uh, down the stretch. Freddie Montero, also a quality start, uh, Christian Nemeth and Casper Prisbilko are the other guys who I think, you know, they, right now they're still relatively cheap and their production has been really good, especially down like the sort of the last few weeks of the spring season. So those are good guys to look out for, uh, who are forwards. Yeah, they are. And Wando at the reset button has jumped to $8 million where yeah. he was, you were getting him at five, right. five and a half. He's gone up in value, but he's still a very, it's, it's still a good value. Right. It's, it's overall, funny to see so. how everybody's shifting. Some, <laughs> some guys are jumping exponentially. Some guys are, you know, going the other direction. And I look at a guy like Kevin Molino from Minnesota United. If he starts to, you know, get a good run of games here in Trinidad, he comes back to health. You know, he's sitting at $7.5 million. Yep. He's a guy that could be challenging for minutes, you know, quite often for, for Minnesota. Then you also look at Darwin Quintero. He's at $10 million. Mm-hmm. You know, if he starts to come to life again after a two goal performance in the open cup against Sporting Kansas city at home, confidence is a funny thing for players. And sometimes the guys like Joseph Martinez, who seem to have zero confidence or Darwin Quintero had a stretch where had zero confidence, a couple goals. And you forget about that. And it's a, it's a life of a goal scorer. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other uh, positions to look into in, in terms of midfielders. Memo Rodriguez really stands out. If you look at, you know, his sort of points per 90, uh, you know, fantasy points per 90 minutes played. Uh, he currently costs seven mil. He is producing like guys like Nani or Alejandro Pozuelo. I mean, Pozuelo is a, crazy, but Nani is producing 7.79 points per 90. Memo is producing 7.73 uh, and he's two and a half million less. There's a lot of guys below him like Morales and Atuesta and Dos Santos and Valeri, who we like, who are all double digit cost guys who are producing fewer points per 90 than memo. So, yeah. and you're right. You don't, don't always get caught up with the the sexiness of a name, right? Of like, it's yeah. great to have a team with Pozuelo and Vela and, and all sure. that. And, and you should try to find room for a star player each and every week. If not two, if you can make it work, but never underestimate, as you're saying, Steve, to just drive your point home, the value of a memo Rodriguez at $7 million. I mean, he's almost guaranteed to get up to nine at least easy. Yeah. Know? Within so, a couple of week run, he could be up there very quickly, very rapidly. And even a guy like Matias Vera for Houston. Sure. Big, big fan of him. He's only at $6 million. He's actually a very, very good soccer player. I believe he had a goal and an assist in the open cup matchup against Austin bold. Now look, it's Austin, it's open cup. It's not MLS play necessarily, but having said that, you know, he is a very, very good soccer player. who's starting to get more and more adjusted to life in MLS. And he plays 90 minutes every game, except for two doesn't have a goal yet or an assistant MLS play, but I could see that changing. And he's a guy at home. If you get one of those rare Houston home games, right? I think he could be a good player as well. Yeah. The, uh, and then uh, Jamiro Montero, I've already shouted him out. He's one of he's my good. favorites. He's terrific. And I think, I think he's 9.5 right now. Um, but he's another guy who I could see really going up, especially if, um, you know, Philly stays in that pole position and they're really fighting for that, you know, one of those top seeds in the East. And he's listed as a midfielder as well. So, I mean, yeah. and, and he, he gets plays, a lot of attack. Yeah, he really does. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see. And, and if you're looking for a bench player, El Sino for Philadelphia at yeah. 6.5 million, he's got, he's, he's, he's home run or bust. 
He's only yeah. a strikeout. Il is one of those guys. We'll get we're gonna talk about a couple breakout players. He's one of those guys where he just hasn't had enough minutes yet, but he could if he gets regular minutes, it could be really big for Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Let's talk let's touch on defenders. Steven Bettishauer, very good defender, um, obviously for a very good team. Um it, extremely efficient with 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 the cost uh versus a guy like Walker Zimmerman, who is obviously top of his class for defenders and getting points, but he's expensive. He comes with that that kind of expense. Bettishauer, not as much. Uh Amaro Tarek also. So uh, really good play for New York Red Bulls has been really consistent in defense. And again, good value, high points per 90 for what you're spending. He really has been. And, and first and foremost, though, I do want to uh, make note of the fact that sometimes this this game can be quite silly, as in the fact that Chad Marshall is the most expensive defender at $7.4 million, which is pretty remarkable since Chad Marshall has retired another game. from <laughs> professional soccer. So... Yes. Do with that what you will. I mean, his value. I would not, advise it, maybe it, maybe shying away from Chad. His value is not going down. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to play any games. So <laughs> I, it's remar- I, I was blown away when I yeah. looked at that when when the refresh came out. I was I thought that's funny. Now yeah. maybe that's because the formalities of the retirement are not finalized yeah. through the end of the year. There's, there's contract been some guys who've been on loan for a year who are still in there. So, yeah, and know. and so that's that that to me was quite funny. But to yeah. your point. Ben Shortarik, those guys have been very good players. Uh, Gonzalez, Perez for Atlanta has been really good. But you know who I love seeing? If you if you discard Chad Marshall at seven point four million, sitting at top of the defenders uh, for most expensive, Minnesota United's Roman Metinier, yeah, at seven million dollars, tied for tops. Finally getting the due justice and the due credit that this man deserves. He had rocketed at the end of the year. Yeah. But I stand by this. He is currently through form through the first half of the season, the best outside back in major league soccer may or may not make the all-star game because of the silly way that the voting goes. <laughs> yes. But uh, a goal and six assists for a defender that also has five shutouts to their credit through 16 games, I believe. Yeah. It's yeah. not bad, Steve. It's think, not bad. I think another thing to look at for, for Metonier is that he he could be gone for a good chunk of time here, um, depending on how his international call-up goes, right? Uh, if, if his team wins and he continues being absent for a while, his value is not going to go up. And by the time he comes back, $7 million might be kind of a, a, a bargain for a defender that good. Um, you'll see other defenders maybe leapfrog him. He's going to stick at seven until he plays. And so, you know, depending on when he comes back, you might see other guys who are like up eight, eight and a half, you know, something like that, who have, you know, he was, what was he up to? He was up to like nine, nine, mil, nine point eight, I think, eight, I think yeah. is the, somewhere in that area. I mean, yeah, just a staggering number. But, you know, as you mentioned, he's away with the, um, Africa Cup of Nations, I believe, yep. Madagascar. Madagascar. Yep. Malagalese International, which I love saying that. I believe you Malagascar. taught me that because yeah. I had no idea what the plural yeah. of Madagascar <laughs> was. Uh, let's touch. Let's touch on goalkeepers. Um, it, we were talking about this in the office uh, in our team. Actually, is that we don't really. There are not a lot of standout goalkeepers as goalkeepers in MLS right now. It feels like there's like, you're losing some guys like Zach Steffen. Um, Brad Guzan has sort of been the top goalkeeper, but he's a mid thirties guy who's doing a very good job but with a team. That's very good defensively in front of him. I found myself playing guys like Evan Bush uh, based on matchup, just because you hope for a clean sheet, not so much for their specific goalkeeping skills uh, along those lines, two guys that stand out to me in the spring season and the fall season are David, David Bingham for, for the LA galaxy, who, if you correct for, um, uh, clean sheets, which are always, obviously you always want to get clean sheets, but you can't rely on a clean sheet. 
adjusted for clean sheets, he's getting the most points per 90 of any goalkeeper. So he's giving you points consistently. If you can't find that clean sheet option, he's a good option. Also, along the lines of Portland, Atnell is interesting because he's going to play a whole lot of home games. You're right. Uh, for a team that is very difficult at home. So uh, Jeff Atnell, not, maybe not necessarily uh, like the highlight worthy goalkeeper you would think of, but could do a very good job in net for that team at home. Absolutely. The home games are, are huge. Atnell, it could be somebody even, but if it's Steve Clark even, because yeah. there's been some some back and forth sure. with Portland yeah. of, of yeah, switching. That's so that's right. you're going to have to pay attention. But either way, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them, especially at home. And if they start to reel off some home wins in a row, lineups start to stay fairly similar week to week, especially in goal when you're winning and if you're not conceding. Um, you know, just by quick glance, looking at the goals against it, you know, I think Atlanta, they've played, you know, 15 games, five of them were where they had a shutout streak. So they've only given up 11 goals total all season. So mm -hmm. obviously Guzan's going to be, uh, you know, a great choice there, but Philadelphia union sitting first in the East, yeah, only 20 goals against all season. You know, Andre Blake, Blake incredible shot stopper. Yep. He'll get you points for saves. Um, you know, shutouts as well. Uh, LA galaxy or the, um, LAFC, excuse me, I'm sitting on 13 goals against Houston, believe it or not, has 14 goals against, so now while we're kind of trending away, maybe from Houston a little bit because they have a bulk of their games on the road, you know, don't just look at the numbers and think, oh, okay, well, Joe Willis has only given up 14 goals all season. You know, he's a surefire start every week. I don't know. I think that trend yeah. maybe changes a little bit in the yep. second half of the season, but you can never really bet against Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller is very good. Solid. With LAFC, just because that team, team, as we talked yeah. about, I think maybe arguably one of the greatest MLS teams. Yeah. From top to bottom. Absolutely. And they're currently showing that with 37 points through, you know, 16 games played. So you start to look at that. But then again, Minnesota United, they're either going to concede quite a bit or they've or gotten five shut shutouts. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's no, yeah. that's not a small feat. Like yeah. through 16 games, you know, you're one off the midway point. If you have, if you double that number and you have 10 shutouts through 34 games yeah. throughout a season, I mean, that's, it's no small feat. Yeah. Just be smart about which games you pick. Yeah, I Home, think opponents that matters. Yeah. I think this season has shown a lot that home field matters uh, a lot for those shutouts. I think that the quality of the team overall matters a lot. Again, Montreal's defensive line has been great and even great on the road because they bunkered so much. And so Evan Bush has been an, a legit option. And to your point with that, you want to talk about road form, Montreal, four road wins, but they've played 11 road games, Portland, their big run. They've got four road wins. They've played 12 games on the road. You know what I mean? You start to yeah. look at these teams that they're the, they're the tops in MLS along with LAFC. They've won four out of eight, which is a staggering number on the road. I mean, that's yeah. incredible. 50% on yeah. the road is, is nuts, but then, then it drops down. Then there's a couple teams with three wins. There's a couple teams with two. There's some teams that haven't won on the road. There's a lot of teams with only one win on the road. Yep. So you start to, that just drives your point home. It's, it's not only the eye test, but it's actual numbers that back it up too. that teams just aren't winning on the road. And, and like, I mean, it's tough to do in this league. It is. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about this week that is happening right now. Uh, before we go, there's some other stuff I want to get to. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, and for, as far as the fall season, we'll see how this first, this first week plays out. I'm going to need some more time to really evaluate my options before the games kick in this week. A hundred million dollars is not a lot of money 
You're, Wait, you sorry, say that again. A <laughs> hundred mil for fantasy is not a lot of money. Oh, okay, I take a right. hundred mil any day. Uh, when you're used to having another 25 mil, like that's another whole quarter of your, you know, that's a, that you could have a lot more money. I was used, I was very used to that. I was spoiled by that amount of money. So, uh, one thing that's really worth considering this week, which teams don't have midweek games from, for the open cup, because a bunch of teams are playing these midweek games. So, uh, the teams that don't have open cup, uh, games, Chicago, RSL, Vancouver, Colorado, Toronto, and Sporting Kansas City. So uh, those teams are not going to have guys who have played earlier in the week. I mean, they're essentially, those guys are going to be coming off of double game weeks. So we're thinking about those guys. I like Vancouver at home uh, against the Rapids. Again, uh, not, they're not participating in an earlier game. They've looked better. I like their defenders. I like Ali Adnan a lot. I've forgiven him for the Panenka. Have you? New season. You've turned a leaf. New season, new me. Um, Daniil Henry looks great. Uh, Inbam Wong also. I think they're rounding into shape a little bit. I'm not I'm not saying they could uh, be competitors uh, against any team in the league, but against the Rapids, who are better, but still the Rapids. I like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm firmly with you on that one. I'm firmly on the Portland Timbers at home to Houston Dynamo, who welcome in Minnesota United on Tuesday night. Tomorrow, we're filming this on, or recording this on Monday. Um, that's a big, big matchup for Houston because they're going to have to rotate a lot of players in, being that four of their players are gone for the Gold Cup. Yep. So now you're going into Providence Park, Portland coming off. Now they will have another open cup game as they beat Seattle Sounders. They will have an open cup game as well, but I think them at home, I think that is a tough task with, with Houston. Who's without is there Lee St. Cup, Kyoto. Is there an open cup game at home? Portland's yes, there is. So Portland so playing two home games, Portland this week. Um, I'm glad you asked as I start to bring that up real quick. Portland is playing against LA galaxy at Providence park on Wednesday night. Okay. So they don't travel. Right. And they played Seattle in the last round of the open cup last week. But again, that was in the Pacific Northwest. So it was, it was one of those that that wasn't a, uh, a tough task to travel. There wasn't the wear and tear on that. That was just in uh, Tacoma. So it was these, the side of, um, the Seattle Sounders uh, affiliate team. So that was a, that was a quick bus ride up and back. So I love, love, love Portland at home. Love Vancouver at home this week. Um, FC Dallas. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested to see about that. Cause I don't know. I don't know what to make of that at home. Is this a game that Toronto can go and get something from? If it was, if it was in Toronto, I would be leaning a lot more heavily on Toronto because Dallas is depleted yes. um, right now. Uh, missing some important guys like Paxton Pomacall and stuff like that. And, so. and, and back from the U 20 world cup, but he's, off the back of playing right, several right, right. games yeah. from the U20 World Cup. And some coaches may just say, you know what? Let's actually ease you back into this. Right, exactly. Because you just played a major tournament, which they had an incredible run with yeah. to the quarterfinals. And then you started going, wow, like you may need a little bit of break because he played every minute of every game pretty yeah. much for them. So yeah, so he might not be. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, he's coming back, but he has not played for Dallas for a while. Yeah, Serrano was, was was gone as well for yeah. for that. So um, I like Pozuelo for Toronto. I think Pozuelo and Fernandez are kind of going to kind of be my big spends this week. Here's what like here's a question for you: Columbus Crew, yes, at home against Sporting Kansas City after just having seen Sporting Kansas City against Minnesota United in the Open Cup last week, they are decimated they, they with injuries. A little poopy. I'm going to say poopy is not look great. No, no. Now Columbus has a game against Atlanta United at home though. Yeah. On Tuesday night, sporting Kansas city obviously does not have a game after having lost the open cup last round to Minnesota. So, but then again, that's two home games for Columbus as well. Exactly. Traveling between them. And Columbus is still, yeah. I mean, that's a Sunday game with a Tuesday open cup game. Yeah. 
I like Columbus. I like Columbus at home. It's going to be one of those look at look at the lineups, you know, because I'm not sure who's going to be playing, who's yep. available, um, what they're going to do with that. I think this week you probably need to do a lot of sitting on your your phone, putting those those alerts on, and letting you know who's going to be in those. Lineups. Which is good because you you set your alerts for the the first round, first wave of games, which is 6:30 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Central. There's half of the games right there that you're done with and within the first, you know, if you can set your lineup an hour before that, and then, then you catch the nightcap games and then you've got one on Sunday. So leave yeah. yourself some room though, or some adjustments in that weekend matchup. I would not this week, Steve, I would not go heavily on the Columbus crew defenders or the sporting Kansas city defenders. I would leave myself money in the bank and attacking positions open. I wouldn't be tied down with just defenders because there may not be a lot of, space to maneuver sure. as much. And there's a lot of attacking options, sporting Kansas city that are inter interchangeable at lower values and Columbus crew. There's going to be some interchangeable numbers in there. So sure. you don't, if you don't know who's playing, don't tie yourself down with all your attackers done. And then you're stuck on just having to get defenders. Yeah. That would be my advice. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us for the special double edition of the fantasy 15. I definitely broke my song about to keep this podcast 15 minutes, but nevertheless, we have come to the end. My friends for Minnesota United and Jamie Watson, I'm Steve McPherson. And remember, don't let your fantasies be dreams. Make your dreams come true.